You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back this morning. This is Real Presence Live. I am Mark Cheney, joined by Father Nick Nelson. We are coming to you, part of the Diocese of Duluth in northeastern Minnesota. And we are live from St. Martin's Church in Tower, Minnesota, on the shores of beautiful Lake Vermilion. It is just a glorious day here, Father. The sun is shining. It is a uh, wonderful fall morning in northeastern Minnesota. Yes, uh, can't complain. Um, sun is out here. And uh, yesterday, I don't think we had much um, any kind of snow flurries where where I am up, you know, closer to Lake Vermilion. But you were saying down by your area you had a yep, little snow. Yeah. I, I'm from Hibbing, and I originally am from Cook, but I uh, live in Hibbing now. Been there for uh, a number of years now, and uh, yeah, about uh, late afternoon, early evening, we had uh, snow. It was snowing at, a, at one point in time, so you couldn't see across the street, and then all of a sudden it just dissipated, and uh, it didn't accumulate to anything. But it was kind of cool for uh, for you know mid October. It, it's kind of different anywhere to have snow this early. But uh, I guess in Minnesota we we expect just about anything as far as our weather here. So it was it was unique. Uh, I'm a snow fan, but my neighbors uh, they they probably were not saying very nice words to me. But uh, um, yeah, um, uh, I. I collect classic sleds and classic snowmobiles, and and uh, that's my hobby in the winter time. It keeps us very busy. So, and we're blessed to to be here in, in what I call God's country. So, so was it the the snow flurries that got you working, motivated you to work on the snowmobiles yesterday, or was it? We already planning to do that. And what we, were you doing to the snowmobiles? We were actually just planning. We were uh, okay. planning and getting ready and, and, and preparing what uh, what we're going to. Uh, I call it campaigning, but what we're going to uh, you know drive and focus on this year. Um, last year we we focused on a couple of, of older 1974 75 vintage sleds, and this year we've got some other things in the works. So it's it's more uh, mechanical working, and we call it wrenching uh, on the sleds than uh, the the actual enjoyment of driving them but uh and we've got neighbors that are, are real good friends and it's nice to have that camaraderie and you know in, in in time with them and uh it's just a it's a hobby we enjoy it so it was just kind of was unique to go hand in hand with the little snow flurries and yeah. little teas to to get us motivated so yeah i never really grew up with um snowmobiling is from that last segment segment i was busy with hockey and i still skate uh sunday nights um, with a bunch of guys, and so that's that's going to start up actually Sunday for me is is skating. But up here, yeah, in Lake Vermilion uh, near Hibbing, Iron Range, snowmobiling is a big deal, and uh, I think we've been blessed from my memory and my observation the last two years some uh, good years for snowmobiling. A lot yes. of snow, um, cold, good foundation on the trails. Uh, am I correct? Yes, yes, that? very much so. Um, and not just snowmobiling, but uh, all of the, the winter outdoor activities here in northeastern Minnesota. We've been very blessed the last couple of years to uh, see such conditions, you know, from uh, skiing, both downhill and cross country, to uh, snowmobiling, snowshoeing. Uh, a lot of folks do ice fishing. Hockey's big here. I mean, to say hockey's big here on the range, or in, in northeastern Minnesota is kind of an understatement, as uh, as noted in our, our, our last interview. Uh, hockey is huge here, and rightfully so. It's uh, a lot of a lot of big names in hockey have come from this part of the, the the country. So, yeah, I have 
last couple of years I've been uh, reflecting on the possibility and kind of brainstorming of doing a, a snowmobile retreat. And oh, wow. So maybe, you know, start at one parish in the morning on Saturday, you know, a little conference breakfast, and then snowmobile to another church and do lunch and another conference, and then snowmobile to a third one in the afternoon and evening and have dinner and mass there. So I, I think uh, I think that could be a, a, a pretty big thing. So I'll have to ask you, Mark, for some ideas when uh, – and uh, I look into that a little more and that distances and the timing for these things. But I, I think that could be something that a lot of people, even people maybe who aren't, you know, as involved in their faith, that might be a kind of a win event, an opportunity for them to, to grow closer to uh, the that, Lord and come to, to know him. That would be a lot of fun, especially uh, in, in, in this area where you've got Tower and Cook and Orr yeah. and you've got those par- parishes, and then you've got others in our trail systems kind of intertwine all over from yeah. one end of the range to the other, and they're beautiful. Exactly. So uh, that would be so easily— we just got to uh, figure out the logistics and yes, the timing. Yes, yeah. put the logistics to it. So we've got uh, more of our, our show to come here in Real Presence Live as uh, we chit-chat back and forth this morning, Father. Um, a couple of things— I have questions about. Uh, first, I was reading the uh, the Northern Cross, and you wrote an article uh, in this last edition of the Northern Cross. And the 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 the, the top of the page of the article where you, you've got your your column, it's apologetics. Let's let's break that word down. Can you can you break that apart for us first? And yeah, um, apologetics means. Um the art of giving an apology, but it's not, you know, <laughs> apology like, okay, I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for, you know, hurting your feelings or something. Um, apology in the theological and the philosophical sense is a defense. And so to give an apology is actually to defend, to um, explain something. And so apologetics is kind of the, the study of and the, the, um, the, the theory and or the subject of giving an explanation for or defending certain things. And so, yeah, it's, it's something that we as a church have, have always done as a whole. And uh, I think it's something that a lot of people in particular are, are interested. Okay. You know, apologetics. Okay. Um, you know, defending our teachings about Mary or the real presence or the existence of God, all those subjects fit under uh, or all those issues fit under the idea of ap- apologetics. Very, very interesting. In your article, your article's entitled The Theological Virtue of Hope Makes Us Live Differently. We must m- remember that we are people of hope, as you write this article. And uh, in your words here, it says, Christian hope isn't the same as wishing as I hope I make the hockey team. It's a lot different, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Christian hope is quite a bit different. Christian hope is based on the fact that uh, Jesus is trustworthy and we can trust in his promises. Elaborate. uh, Fill us in more about this in in the article you wrote. Yeah, so I would call to summarize, you know, to say I hope, you know, it doesn't rain or I hope I get a a new snowmobile or a homeless snowmobile. Um, That's just kind of a wish or you know, optimism, if you will. But Christian hope is different. It's it's based on an actual reality, an actual fact. It's not just a wish. It's actually a belief that, and a trusting um, that Jesus is who he says he is, and therefore what he says is true, and we can, we can trust in that. And particular hope has to do with desiring God 
as our greatest good and heaven as our our ultimate destination. And that um, because Jesus is trustworthy, he tells us, repent and believe in the gospel. Um, If you uh, keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love. If we follow him, if, if we listen to him, if we're faithful to him, he will reward us. That's what the, the great virtue of hope is based off. And therefore, uh, the life, life can be crazy. We can have uh, all the storms of life, um, all the difficulties, yet we can still have peace knowing that we're anchored to Christ and his promise that, okay, all these things are going crazy, but I'm walking with the Lord. I'm trusting in his promise. I am in a state of grace. He is trustworthy. He delights in me. He's pleased with me. And therefore, if I, we have a number of trains that run around the, the Iron Range. If I go out and get hit by that train, okay, I'll be okay. Um, may need to take a, make a stop in purgatory, but for eternity, I'll be with, with God. And the, that's the hope, that trusting that if I repent, God will give me his grace and mercy, and I'll be um, fine for all eternity. It's it's interesting how you, you coined that phrase and how you, you referred to that. I find hope myself lies in you know, a couple of extremes, uh, presumption and despair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what that has to do with hope and how it, how it relates to me as my personal walk of life, my walk in faith, and my walk with the Lord. Yes, it's... Um... Any of the vices, any of the sins, as Aquinas would say, lie in the extreme. And so it's helpful, I think, to understand the virtues by understanding the sins or the vices related to them or contrary to them. And so the two sins or vices of hope is one is presumption, whereas, oh, it's kind of like an overemphasis on Christ's love and mercy. Like, I don't even need to repent. I don't need to change. You know, I just presume, to use the word, on God's grace and mercy that no matter what, He'll accept me into heaven, and I'm good. So that's that's one extreme, and that's a sin. That's it's not going to get you to heaven. Presumption, but the other extreme is actually even more um, erroneous and and even more um, um, kind of wrong and hurtful. It's what we call despair, and despair is saying no matter what I do, God can't forgive me. He won't give me His mercy. Um, and that's a sin too, <laughs> to choose that, to say, God, it, basically it's saying, I, I don't believe in God's promise because Jesus has clearly said, if we repent, we, we will be given forgiveness and mercy. And so to despair is to say, I, I don't believe Jesus. It's mainly to call God a liar. Um, so both of those are sins. And to be honest, yes, we, each of us, I would say, have more of a natural tendency to one or the other. Um, so even if we are living with the virtue of hope, and please God, most of us are, um, will kind of tend towards maybe if we do tend to um, not being in the virtue of hope, we'll tend either to despair or presumption. And so that can be helpful for us to do a little self-examination at times. Okay, where where do I lie on this spectrum? Am I um, tend towards more despair or more to presumption? And as we find ourselves in those predicaments, the unique and wonderful thing is through prayer mm-hmm. we we revert back and we you know we yeah. strengthen ourselves and we we bring ourselves closer yeah because prayer prayer is a spokesman of hope because um, when we pray one we 
we we come to know God as he truly is, especially when we pray with scripture, uh, pray with the gospels, we see that, okay, one, God is loving. He is merciful. But we also see Jesus demands a response from us, a repentance. And so we, we, we're able to stay more grounded in the virtue of hope when we pray and receive, uh, read scripture. Why? Because if we tend to presumption, which means, uh, we overemphasize God's love and mercy and don't say, I don't really need to do it. No, we see Jesus is always talking. His Most most of the Gospels, the whole Sermon on the Mount is all ethical. It's all demands of us, a response to us. But also if we tend more to despair, uh, we, we read the Gospels, we pray, we get to know the Lord. We hear him tell us, like, no, I'm with you. I will give you my mercy. Just Just trust me. Just turn to me. Trust me, trust me, I am merciful, I am forgiving. Uh, as far as the east is from the west, so far will he remove our sins. And so that's why prayer is so important. If we lack hope, whether we tend towards presumption or tend towards despair, uh, a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good indication that we aren't praying enough. We're, we're not spending enough time in prayer and we're not reading the scriptures. This is Real Presence Live. We are live this morning from St. Martin, Martin's Church in Tower on the shores of beautiful Lake Vermilion, part of the Diocese of Duluth. Mark Cheney, I am your host here alongside the radio microphone of Father Nick Nelson. Later on this hour, we have got our guests coming up. Monsignor Douglas Grahams from the Diocese of New Elm will be joining us in uh, a little bit here. But uh, as we continue, Father, some of uh, the theology and, and verbiage of our Catholic faith seems to be complex um, sometimes. Um, you mentioned a, a word that caught my ear in our last interview or, or as we opened up this morning in our first hour, cassock, referring to, you know, the attire yeah. and the different attires um, you, you wear. And, yeah. and can you bring us a little more into that realm? So, um, when if, I was, if you don't mind, when I'd... I was going to, uh, I was meeting someone, I think, uh, in Vir- in Virginia, a local town here for lunch. And I was wearing my cassock and I was going into this, this cafe, this local cafe. And a couple of kids were staring at me and, uh, I said, Hey, how are you guys doing? And he goes, one of the kids goes, why are you wearing a dress? Why are you wearing a dress? And, and the, 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 um, the kid's mother was kind of uh, embarrassed that her son would say such a thing. I said, "No, no, don't worry. That's good. That's a good question." Uh, I said, "It's it's it's um, it's not a dress. It's a cassock. A cassock. It's like a a black long robe, and uh, it has always been, you know, kind of the traditional the way um, priests would dress." Uh, my understanding actually is that the beginning of the the last the twentieth century, there's actually some anti-Catholic um, prejudice and. And to actually protect priests, they actually had priests start dressing um, with pants and and shirts in this order so they wouldn't be as exposed as Catholic priests. So even in our country, um, there's kind of this change like, okay, priests don't necessarily have to wear cassocks, and we actually advise them not to because we don't want them to stand out and it would leave them up to um, um, persecution and um, harassment. Um, but But more recently, we see that um, a, a priest is allowed to wear black pants, or and then a, 
or any sort of pants, but the, the clerical shirt, that's what we see more often is, and then kind of a collar, a white collar, whether one that goes all the way around or um, a little tab, a little plastic tab that goes in the collar. But just as, um, just as loud and just as um, becoming more prevalent is actually a cassock, which is like this black robe. And I, I think most of us, well, a lot of times, maybe what you, you see it more in uh, altar servers, altar boys these days wearing cassocks. But um, yeah, it's always been traditionally the, um, the clerical garb. And I would just say, um, I think it's more of a, a radical witness, especially these days we, we, we kind of look forward to and we're, we, we love seeing the, the nuns, the sisters wearing full habits because it's a full expression of who they are. And it's beautiful. And we hold that up as a thing. And I think even as priests, we can say, yeah, that's beautiful. And shouldn't we also maybe wear a fuller expression of uh, what it means to be a priest, uh, meaning the cassock. And so um, I'm becoming more and more cut, you know, um, comfortable wearing my cassock. I wear it more, you know, around my parish and, um, for the most part, almost anywhere I go, um, except, you know, when I go maybe a little too far, or, um, sometimes in different cir- circumstances, I may deem it less, uh, more prudent not to wear one, but I, I like wearing, I just, it feels more uh, priestly for me. Great explanation. I love it. Real Presence Live again. It's Mark Cheney with Father Nick Nelson. We are live from uh, the uh, shores of Lake Vermilion in northeastern Minnesota from St. Martin's Church here in Tower, Minnesota. And we've had quite a busy week on Real Presence Radio and Real Presence Live especially. Our fall drive, our fall live drive happened. And uh, tell us more, Father. Yeah, Mark. I mean, we were just here in the same room, I think, just a, a week and a half yep. ago for the live drive and uh, raising money for this wonderful um, apostolate. And so uh, I, I am told that I, I could put this out there again, that uh, if you didn't give or you want to give more after last week, um, don't be afraid to call in. And you can just go to the website, yourcatholicradiostation.com. You can give there or find a number there. But um, just encourage you to continue to, to give to this Wonder Apostolate. Uh, um, it's such a blessing. Just think of all the people we can reach with the, the gospel and the good news. So very, very uh, happy to be here again with you, Mark. And hand in hand with that, we would love to say thank you to those that have donated to to this great radio station and uh, the, allowing us the ability to, to bring that word out and uh, through the the um, radio stations and uh, through Real Presence Live. It's, uh, it's just a privilege to be here and a uh, privilege to be part of this uh, this opportunity. Yeah, and I just want to mention a, a, one local event uh, this Friday, or next Friday, October 23rd. Um, Holy Spirit in Virginia and the local parishes in the area are going to host Vatican Comes to the Range. So Father Rich Kuntz, who you see here often, and he's talked about this, um, I think, often. He has one of the largest private papal collections, collections of papal artifacts. And so that's coming to the Iron Range at the Eveleth Curling Club, Friday, October 23rd. There's two sessions, 4 and 7 p.m. There'll be time just to browse things, but also Father Rich Kuntz will give a presentation on um on these things and and show that you know after beneath behind every little everything that he brings there's a there's a beautiful story so i encourage you to contact holy spirit catholic church in virginia um call them up um you can find their number just google it but call them and uh 
Tell them that you'd like to come. Tickets are $10, and it should be a great evening. Vatican comes to the range Friday, October 23rd. This is Real Presence Live, and if you've ever wondered what goes into the process of appointing a new bishop, well, stay with us. Stay with us right here on Real Presence Live. Coming up, we'll discuss that and so much more. It's Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.